This is Radio Maria, and we're going to broadcast now a special Advent Talk workshop event that took place at St. Benedict's Catholic School in Barrie St. Edmunds. St. Benedict's is a mixed-gender Catholic comprehensive secondary school of about 940 pupils aged from 11 to 18 years. The school serves both the Catholic and non-Catholic communities of West Suffolk and Thetford. They are a high-achieving, caring, learning community with a distinctive Catholic ethos. At St. Benedict's, all students are encouraged and supported to achieve their God-given potential. Through living their lives to the full and aspiring to be the best they can be, they, the, the team expects that all students develop the wisdom, compassion, and resilience they need to go on to make the world a better place. Joining us today, we have Matt Spiller, who is the school chaplain for St. Benedict's Catholic School, and some of his students from across the year groups. Because of a technical difficulty, the beginning of our program was lost. But we are joining them now as Matt Spiller speaks to his students about their different cultural ways of celebrating Christmas. He has several students from several different cultural backgrounds. And after that, he's going to continue on with some more exciting news from other students regarding other topics. So enjoy this program from St. Benedict's Catholic School in Barrie, St. Edmunds. How about food? How does your family or your tradition celebrate food? Um, as a Muslim, we don't really celebrate Christmas. So on Christmas Day, we just use it as a time to sit with the family and like have some time to reflect on each other on days that we've missed that we haven't been talking about because it is probably the only day of the year where everyone's free, no one's working, there's no school and no such things as that. So as I guess many families would do, just take as a family time all together. That's great. Okay, cool. Myra? Christmas supper, uh, we don't have any meat and like main dish is a big, big bowl of porridge made of poppy seeds, honey and different types of nuts, which is like start, which supper starts with. Uh, like the eldest member of the family takes a spoon, prays to Jesus, and we keep it up until the youngest one take take a spoon, and we start our main course. That sounds like a lovely tradition. But so no meat, and it was honey and nut kind of roast type thing, yeah, yeah. and then each person eats one spoonful, mm -hmm. starting with the the, the mother or with the oldest, it, with the oldest sorry, and then it'll, it'll work around. Okay, that's that's really cool. I like that. Samantha, how about in Latvia? Possibly we have. A lot of dishes. We don't really have like twelve or any. We have a lot, and we just we don't have to eat from every single dish once. We can pick what we want, but the main um, food is lobsters. Um, in Poland, ours is a bit like a Ukrainian meal. We have twelve dishes, mostly consisted of non-meat, but we can eat fish. We also share a thin wafer around our whole family to show a sign of blessing. Okay, cool. And what kind of food do you guys have instead of uh, instead of meat? Then you said you fish and any other bits? Uh, potatoes, mushrooms, sour cabbage. Do you like it? Uh, bits and pieces, yes. Okay, great. Okay. Um, 
what are some of the things that you enjoy the most about Christmas? Um, I enjoy that um, when uh, the people set up their Christmas decorations as they used to Star of David, like irrespective of their religion, they'll use the Star of David and they'll hang up a crib and um, uh, they'll set up Christmas trees outside as it's really hot but it's really nice to see it gl uh, glittering in the dark. So even the Hindus in, in Kerala will hang up uh, a Star of David? Yes. Oh, okay, that's really interesting. Okay. Max. In Ukraine, I enjoy in Christmas the most. Mm, the next three days after Christmas, we sing Christmas carols around the whole neighborhood. Maybe if you're brave and strong, you can go around the whole city to sing a Christmas carol to everyone you want. You just knock the doors, they open you, you sing a Christmas carol. And Okay, cool. And do they do they give you things for that? Do they or do they just say thank you? Uh, most of people give you money. Some of them scan these different trees, but it's like the main point of it is just to bring Christmas to everyone. That's lovely. Great. Okay. Yeah, Helena. Um, in my family, I really enjoy Christmas because there's no work, there's no school, so we spend a lot of family time together, singing Christmas carols, having prayers, and sharing meals together, which is really nice. Sounds absolutely lovely. Um, I know, Alexis, you had a story about you go to Kerala every year, right? So, um, and they have a person in the village, is that who? Um, they get picked to be Santa in the neighborhood, and all the children will get excited. And um, while they're waiting for the day, they will just like, jump around and ask, is it the day? Is it the day? And then, um, on, because it will be before Christmas, as you can't really do that on Christmas because it isn't much of a surprise. And then, without warning, on the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, um, the Santa will come, and the children who were so excited for it to come would um, would be uh, dancing around with the carol singers. But then, um, uh, once the Santa comes, because um, the little kids get a bit scared, they just run out, and then they go in. Okay, great. Um, one last, one last little request from me, I, get, I think. Uh, could you wish our listeners from um, around the world a happy Christmas in whatever language you want to wish them a happy Christmas? Three, two, one. Norway God. Thanks so much. Okay, great. So that's wonderful. We've now um, moving on with our radio show. Uh, next part of our uh, Thing will be a discussion with our sixth formers. They're going to discuss for us um, how um, Christmas has become commercialised and whether the commercialisation of Christmas is a problem. Uh, just allowing them to come into the studio now. So let me tell you a little bit about St Benedict's School. St Benedict's School is a secondary school in Bury St Edmunds. We are a, about a thousand people in total. Um, we largely have got a, a Catholic uh, population here, but we are welcoming to faiths of all and none. Um, and we, as a school community, I think we pride ourselves on being really welcoming, really easy to uh, get along with. We have a really friendly family atmosphere. Quite recently the school was quite smaller than a thousand students and when we were smaller it felt very kind of friendly like we could be, um, you could get to know everybody and we think we've held on to some of that community atmosphere here. Um, so these six formers they've um, volunteered themselves to be able to talk about um, Christmas from a uh, from a standpoint of is it too commercialised? Is it 
is it getting to be a problem, this commercialization, or is there something to be found even in the commercial Christmas? Yeah, thank you, Matt. Um, hello, my name's John, and I'm joined with... Uh, hi, I'm Nancy. Uh, Christoph. And Logan. And as Matt said, um, today we're going to be discussing, is Christmas too commercialised? So Chris, would you like to start us off? Let's get into the meat of it. Let's talk about turkeys. So recently, uh, there's been a turkey flu, well, bird flu going around, and that's really affected the prices of turkeys and just the availability of turkeys. And I think just recently there's been, along the cost of living crisis, there's been quite a lot of, I guess, pressure economically on the aspect of Christmas and it being seen as quite a, quite a time of year where people spend a lot of money and uh, you know some people may not be able to afford it well I think you know it shouldn't really be about that it should be more about being able to spend time with people rather than ha necessarily having to gift every person an individual gift yeah I agree I know my mum worries started worrying about her turkey in September so we've had a turkey in our freezer for a long time in preparation and I think we're kind of stressed but like knowing that you have to like cook for all these family and spend your time in the kitchen around Christmas is also like adding to the pressures that have been like that are building because you have family around and grandparents and friends sometimes so there's a lot of people you have to cater for which is a big event and so on a day which is meant to be like unifying and you're meant to be spending together oftentimes you'll see my like my parents will be in the kitchen and we'll try and help but it gets too crowded with all of us so I think it definitely like that food aspect is definitely kind of suffer um, the traditional Christmas ideology is suffering due to that and that is um, that's a big one when you think about commercial Christmas you think about shopping you think about food and you think about well lots of people think about what can I receive but when you think about the shopping, so so often now, Christmas is, what gifts am I going to get? What gifts am I going to give? So have you guys had any experiences out and about shopping that you'd like to share? And that shows that Christmas is too commercial. Yeah, no, I went shopping at the weekend and, uh, you know, I really think that all the uh, decorations of Christmas uh, in the shops, all the sales, they really encourage people to spend more money at Christmas and I think no one needs to add pressures to people to spend money on others and get the presents for them. I think it also just loses the true meaning of Christmas. You know, I really think the traditional values of Christmas get lost through the commercialisation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who has the power? Is it the consumer or the seller at Christmas? Well, I think it's really down to, necessarily to us to make the choice about if we want to buy what we will get advertised, but it's also quite hard to ignore the factors of just people being like, oh, you should buy this, or you should get that, oh, that won't hurt to get for next year, or later on, or for someone. And then, you know, I think it turns into this paradox of constant people just buying and buying and buying, and necessarily everything just ends up in landfills. It's, I think it's very, it, especially as children, we're sold the idea that Christmas is all about getting gifts or gifting to people, and it's uh, not a lot about, I guess, the, the impacts I guess just gathering families around, and you know it's quite quite sad seeing the the real how pe how children grow up, and you know nearly a hundred million tons of rubbish just end up in landfills. That's a big fact. That is hundred million. Hundred million. I think the environmental impact that comes from like the consumerism of Christmas. People buy gifts for the sake of buying gifts. I think we've all had like that bar of soap or the shampoo or whatever that we just won't use, and we've been given, and so. 
I think there's also a culture like once you've got that gift, you have to keep it in a drawer somewhere. You can't just do something or give it to someone else because we don't like we haven't accepted that. So it's just this build up stuff that we don't want and that's come in packaging that's harmful, that comes in um, that's been wrapped in wrapping paper that contains microplastics and the likes and just leads to a massive amount of waste that we could greatly reduce. And really, at the, with the state of how the environment is looking at the moment and the state of climate change, we really need to be as conscious as we can to the environmental impacts that we are seeing from kind of a consumerist society, which is only heightened by Christmas. I'm going to put a controversial point out here. I think stockings are the, most, are the worst points about Christmas in terms of consumerism. Or your thoughts because Nancy mentioned there the idea of you just you keep things that you don't like if you get a stocking if that's part of your family tradition it is often full, full of things that you won't necessarily want or keep but I certainly have it under a drawer in my bed a little bag of everything that I've kept what do you guys think about stockings well I think that it, I don't think necessarily stockings are a bad thing you may be keeping those items but in the sense of the just I guess just having that extra bit of gift necessarily shouldn't be the idea of it. I think the idea of it is, is I think people should start buying what people need rather than what people want in a sense. And that the fact that people buy Christmas presents and then after for the stocking, I think if people buy, I guess, ergonomically as this can go in the stocking and this can be the main present, then I think it would be work much better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I kind of agree with you actually, John, on the whole stocking front. I think. Um, stockings are generally full of all that chocolate, all that food that's wrapped in like they all come in individual packaging, everything's mini but has so much packaging and just I think we don't need to eat the same amount of chocolate that we do on Christmas, we'll eat it for the day or the day after and then it will be gone and just the little things that you get in stockings that are so like almost useless, they're very nice to have but they are effectively serve no purpose and aren't necessarily something that you will use or want particularly. So I think while it's lovely and I love my family tradition, we all get into like, we go to my parents' room and wrap all our stockings and it's lovely, I think there is some situation where they are kind of rooted within that problematic element. Mm -hmm. Just to add on to what Nancy said there, we've got seven million tonnes of food wasted every single Christmas. Is it worth it? Have we lost the point of Christmas? Lorcan, have we lost the point of Christmas? You know, I think so. I think the commercialization side of Christmas, it really adds to the, uh, the waste of things and adding on the waste of food there. It's an unbelievable amount of food wasted. I think people just eat needlessly because it's Christmas. It's just another needless point for Christmas added on to, you know, gift buying. It's nice and all, but I think we should stick to the traditional values and, you know, put the Christ back in Christmas. So, how can we get back to the, how can we get back to the point of Christmas? Family and traditions and gathering round, you know, sitting in you know around maybe just in the living room and just talking rather than watching TV or just looking at the presents, things like that. Christmas, Christmas is a time for gathering, and I know Christoph, you're going to Poland this year. How will your Polish Christmas differ to when you have it in Britain? I think different foods especially in Poland there's a lot of um, meat uh, sorry a lot of fish not meat and uh, there's a lot of there's the idea that uh, it's just stressed a, a lot about Jesus's birth and Jesus's um, coming to this earth rather than you know opening the presents seeing what you've got it's more about going to church on evening coming back 
you know, then opening a presence because that's after Jesus' birth is a big stress on religion as well. So reduced consumerist yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. I also think in regards to Christmas and how we can reduce the kind of cons- um, idea of consumption, I think in regards to presents, I think we could spend more time picking out meaningful presents, things that we know the person will want, use and love, something maybe handmade or something small but that's been chosen with care. And I think that instead of lots of things that are almost pointless or lots of things that people won't use or don't want as much is kind of a way to go, be more um, thoughtful about what we do but do it on a smaller scale. So there we have it. That's our verdict. Christmas is over-commercialised and I'm going to be getting rid of all my chocolates. But we hope you have a lovely Christmas. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much, guys. Plenty of food for thought for us there. Nice food that's been travelling in, in very uh, very good ways for the environment, I'm sure. Food, food for thought from all you four. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to move on to our next item, which is another poem. Uh, this poem uh, written and performed by a Year 10 student, uh, Amy John. Um, she is uh, she's a little bit nervous, it's fair to say, um, but I find this poem to have been the most powerful part of my Christmas so far. One serene night, millennia ago, one blazing star, a beacon of light, one gentle woman head held low, and one earthly child with a soul of white. It is a reticent, tranquil dusk when the defiled world shatters. The devil is a wilted, withered husk on this night when a baby's cries scatter. The sky implodes with force of the divine as a map is etched in the stars. A celestial light, searing in its design, leads regal foreigners bearing precious jars. A woman of love, an unblemished soul, her countenance holds the legacy of lords. With the grace of a queen, she accepts her role, despite her destiny, a heart pierced by swords. She cradles her child, a dear, sweet embrace, and holds him close to the sacrificial lamb. She knows the anguish her child will face, as a mother's greatest pain is her child damned. A newborn wails as time splits apart, His eyes hold the promise of salvation. My son, an omniscient voice imparts, the one whose death redeems nations. And so here's to the night that wrote history, and to the fiery star divine light befalls, to the mother who cradled the great mystery, and to the sacred child that saved us all. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, Just before you go, Amy, can I just ask a, a quick question? Um, how did you? How did you? How were you able to write that? How? What was your method for writing that poem? I think I don't usually write poems a lot, but when I do write poems, it's usually from a lot of emotion, and I try. I try to try and put all of that emotion into it, like words, so that my poems can make that much emotion in mm. the person who reads it or listens to it. So you feel it first and then you kind of try and amplify that feeling yeah. and then try and express it next. As yeah. It's so powerful. And ever since I first read that poem, I must say, it's, uh, I, well, I've just shown it to loads of people and gone, look at this, a year 10 did this and no one can believe it. So well done. Uh, I know that the people at home will have been really impressed um, as they listen to that too. Thank you so much.
We're going to move on to our final item of our little Advent um, extravaganza. Uh, this is going to be our Christmas quiz, um, and uh, this is going to be uh, this is going to be emceed. Is emceed's not the right word? Is it? What's the right word for a game? A hosted. Hosted's the word I'm looking for. So it's going to be hosted by po- Porsche and Cairo, um, and we've got some special guests who are going to be our. Uh, quiz show contestants. So, when you're ready, guys. And I'm with Cairo. And we're today with our lovely contestants, Miss Boya and John. So, tell us two things about yourself, Miss Boya. Um, I'm a teacher here in St. Benedict's um, of RE. And um, I have two girls. That's lovely. And you, John? Well, I'm a student. Miss Boya taught me at certain points, and this is uh, the ultimate comeback story. <laughs> well, we look forward to it. We really do. Would you mind telling us the rules, Cairo? Okay, so the rules go like this. There's five seconds to answer a series of questions related to Christmas. Each question will be worth one point, and the person with the most points will win and be crowned the Queen or King of Quizmas. <laughs> now, the people listening can also take part. Now, for the first question... For the first question, this is going to Miss Boya. Which gospel is the most detailed account of Jesus' birth? Luke. Oh, that was a quick one. That's, that's correct. One point to Miss Boya. Okay. <laughs> John's getting worried now. Okay. John. John. John, who was the Roman emperor at the time of Jesus' birth? Caesar. Which Caesar? Julius Caesar. Wrong. Uh. Incorrect. Miss Boyer, this question now goes to you. Well, I was thinking of King Herod, but that's not the question, is it? No. 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 So give it to the boys. All right. No one has got that point there, and the answer was... Caesar Augustus. Of course. (laughs) The next question goes to Mrs Boyer. Between what dates is the Christmas tree planned to be lit up at the Vatican? A, the 8th of December to 6th of January. B, the 1st of December to 6th of January. C, the 8th of December to the 8th of January. Or D, the 1st of December to the 8th of January. Five, um, four, three, C. two. Correct. That is right. <laughs> right. So we have some tricky questions here now for John. <laughs> the last one wasn't yeah. tricky. <laughs> John, what is the name of the pa- papal blessing and indulgence first used by Pope Gregory X, which will be prayed for the people present at the Vatican on Christmas Day? Um, the Gregorian blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that's wrong. <laughs> Mrs. Boyer, what is your answer for this one? So what is the blessing? Okay. The name of the papal blessing indulgence first used by Pope Gregory X, which will be prayed by the people present at the Vatican on Christmas Day. Pass. Okay. It was Urbi et Orbi. <laughs> okay. Now, probably for the final question for Mrs. Boyer, we're going to have to finish the quote. Mary was startled by what the angel had said and tried to figure out what the greeting meant. The angel told her, Do not be afraid. Correct. All right. And this is the final question for you, John. What region of Israel was Nazareth in? Um, region? Yes. Um, the region of Israel. 
north? <laughs> it's present day northern district, so. Am I getting yeah. that point? Yeah. 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 We'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. Okay. Now the results are in for who won. Now <laughs> the aunt. The Queen of Christmas is Mrs. Oh, Boyer, well done, with three man. points to one. And with that, we'd all like to wish you a happy Christmas when we get there. It was fantastic to be able to share this half hour with you, and we look forward to being back on your radio waves at some point. Thanks so much, and take care. On behalf of all the Radio Maria team, volunteers, and listeners, Thank you, Matt, and all the students that participated in today's program from St. Benedict's Catholic School. To find out more about the school, please do visit st-benedicts.suffolk.sch.uk. And we look forward to hearing more from this school in the times to come. God bless and have a beautiful Christmas.